0: City Church exists so all people can believe and thrive in Christ. City Church is not like a country club for Christians or a social event for saints. We're a part of a movement that matters. We are a part of the movement that Jesus began some 2,000 years ago, and movements, they do matter. Movements address problems that people face, Movements confront challenges and social injustice in our world, and movements give people hope, and movements change what is into something better. Now, I'm really proud that a part of my own family heritage involves a movement that matters. Now, my my grandmother on my mom's side is named Ruth Anthony, and her great-aunt was Susan B. Anthony, the dynamic leader of the women's rights movement. I think we have a picture of her. Yeah, you can see where I get my good looks from. Um, But anyway, uh, that movement arose in the late 1800s to address social injustices faced by women in their day. Women had few rights. Most could not own property. They could not vote. And to top it all off, many women faced physical abuse from drunken husbands and had no like political protection or or societal protection. No legal course. But some brave and determined women and men initiated a movement to make what is into something better. And they have made things better. But it's clear we're not done yet. I think like many of you, we are shocked by what we have seen surfacing the systemic racial, uh, uh, sexual harassment and even abuse that is taking place in our society. That's been surfaced by the me too movement. And, uh, this, this one is very close to me because I mean, okay, my daughter, my daughter works in the entertainment industry in Hollywood right now. And it makes me mad and I believe we can do better. And here's the key thing I want us all to get about movements Movements that matter can never stop until the change is complete. Now, nearly 100 years after the women's rights movement began, another movement erupted. In 1955, an African-American woman named Rosa Parks was arrested for refusing to give up her seat on the bus to a white man. And so the civil rights movement began. And that movement confronted social ills and injustices against people of color. And this movement has made our world a better place. Things have changed. I mean, the fact that our previous president was African American, I think, speaks to that. But we are clearly not done yet. Like many of you, I am deeply disturbed by the racial disharmony present in our country. I just read an NBC poll which found that 74% of Americans say race relations are either very bad or bad. Movements that matter can never stop until the change is complete. And during Christmas, we remember and celebrate what I believe is the greatest movement ever when God sent his son to this earth to initiate a new thing. This is Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was uh, pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, before they had sex, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. And you are to give him the name Jesus, which literally means the Lord saves. Because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. The new thing that God initiated is about a man and a movement. As a man, Jesus came to save people from their sins. He lived a life none could live, and then he died a death none could imagine, death on a cross. And that is how he saved people from their sins. When we put our faith in him and what he did when he died on the cross... According to the promise of God, our sins are forgiven, and we receive eternal life, and we are declared God's children. That is what Jesus did as a man when he died on the cross. He paid for your sins, he paid for your sins, and he paid for my sins. Jesus, as the man, did what only he could do, and that is become the Savior of all people. But Jesus not only came as a man to do his Father's will... He also came as a leader to start a movement. And that scripture in Matthew 1:23 said that Jesus came to earth to be God with us. And as God with us, Jesus forgave sins. As God with us, Jesus healed the sick and the demonized. As God with us, He taught people truths that set them free. As God with us, Jesus confronted the social ills of his day. And it got, as God with us, Jesus gathered followers, and he trained them, and he empowered them, and he sent them out to be God with us in his place. And that is the movement. The movement is God with us through Jesus' followers. And Jesus called that movement the church. Literally, the called out ones. You've been called out. You've been called out. And you've been called out. To be a part of his movement. To be God with us in this world. And movements that matter can never stop until the change is complete. And those first believers, they truly grasp. Jesus' vision for who they were to be. And they had this certain metaphor that they used to describe themselves. And Paul writes about it in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 and 27, where he said, The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one body. So it is with the body of Christ. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And what's important to know is that in the Greek, that word you, you are the body of Christ, it's plural. And so in Texas, when we talk about you being plural, we say y'all. So it's just like Paul was from Texas or something. He said, y'all are the body of Christ. It's not you're the body of Christ and you're the body of Christ and you're the body of Christ. No, it's y'all are the body of Christ. Can you say that with me? Y'all are the body of Christ. And when Christ left this earth, he sent his spirit to indwell us so that God with us would work through us by filling us with his spirit. That is the movement. Y'all are the body of Christ. And he has entrusted this movement to us. And this movement engages us to gather together to worship and to grow and to thrive so we can scatter as the body of Christ serving a hurting world. And movements that matter can never, ever stop until the change is complete. And it won't stop until Jesus returns to the earth. And we play a crucial role in this movement. And so I want to continue talking with you about who we are to be as the body of Christ and our part in this movement. Now, when you came in, you should have received a card, and so I want you to pull that out. We're gonna walk through this, and I know some of you went through this card with me last week. These cards reflect something that God is working on in us and through us. Two years ago, we received a prophetic word from the Lord about City Church. And last week, I said to you a prophetic word, sometimes it comes from a person, sometimes it comes through like a dream or a vision, and sometimes it comes from the scripture. And this prophetic word came from Isaiah chapter 43, and it says this. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. And this is what I want you to see, especially those of you who've been around for a while. God is doing a new thing in us and through us. And it's God's new thing. It's not our new thing. Our part is to faithfully continue Jesus' movement as the body of Christ. Our part is to live as God with us and make this world a better place. And for the last several months, some of our pastors have prayerfully revised the guiding vision for our church. And so this is our revised purpose statement as our part of the movement. City Church exists so all people can believe and thrive in Christ. Can you say that with me? City Church exists so all people can believe and thrive in Christ. City Church exists for people who don't get church and don't go to church. City Church exists for those who've been hurt by the church and those who love the church. City Church exists for religious skeptics and religious scholars. City Church exists for hipsters and hicks. City Church exists for bankers and bikers. City Church exists for Spurs fans and... Mm, Let's not get carried away now. Okay, all kidding aside... City Church exists for all people, no matter where they are in their spiritual journey, no matter how far away they've gone, no matter how lost they feel. This is a safe community of grace where you can explore our faith in Jesus Christ. We hope you'll believe in him, but it's a safe place. And in this safe place, in this safe community, you can ask your hardest questions. You you won't scare us. You're welcome to do that here because City Church exists so all people can believe and thrive in Christ. And last week, we unpacked that statement more. And if you didn't get a chance to hear my message, I want to ask you to go to our brand new website, go to city.church forward slash watch, and you can watch my message from last week. This week, I want to focus on the four behavioral values that I believe will help us thrive in Christ. Now, for three months, we've been studying what Jesus said about how to thrive in life. And one of the key uh, observations that we noted from Jesus' teaching is that the more like God we become in this life, the more we thrive in Christ. You see, each one of us, according to the scriptures, we have been created in God's image. And that means we have parts of God's essence within us. We have certain characteristics of God's character in us. And because of that reflected image, the more like God we become in this life, the more we thrive. And so these four behavioral values, they don't just come out of nowhere. They're reflections of the character of God. So first, I'm asking you to radically love. God is by nature a radically loving being. God loves us as we are, not as we ought to be. God loves us before we deserve it, and God loves us even when we don't deserve it. God loves us radically, and the more we radically love, the more we become like him, and the more we thrive in life. And that's why I believe uh, when, when someone asked Jesus, what's the most important commandment? This is how Jesus responded. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. He's talking about radical love. Radical love is about radically loving God and radically loving others. And so I'm asking you to radically love God. I'm asking you to worship God with all of your heart. That's a part of why we gather to worship. Because together, as the body of Christ, we gather to worship God with all of our hearts. And I'm asking you to spend time getting to know God's story. That's a part of loving God is knowing his story and finding your part in his story. I'm asking you to uh, do God's will with all of your heart. I'm asking you to obey his commands with all of your heart. And if you will love God radically, you will thrive. But another part of radically loving is loving others. I mean, in some ways, it's easier to love God, right? Because he doesn't mess with you. But it's harder to radically love others. And I'm talking about loving those who are not like you. I'm talking about loving those who don't agree with you. I'm talking about loving those who may have even hurt you. Radical love loves people as they are, not as they ought to be. And radical love forgives people when they wrong us. And radical love makes amends when we wrong others. And if we, if we will be a community that radically loves We will change our world. We will change our marriages. We will change our families. We will change our schools and workplaces. We will change our society. And so I'm asking you to choose to radically love. Secondly, I'm asking you to courageously connect. I want you to think about this. God is by nature a communal being. He exists as Father, Son, and Spirit, And God created beings in his own image purely because he wanted to connect with other beings like him. God is by nature a communal being. And the more we courageously connect with each other, the more we reflect God's character and his nature in our lives. And so the more we thrive. And I want want you to remember, you cannot be the body of Christ alone. The body of Christ only works when we're courageously connected Together. Because remember, who's the body of Christ? Y'all. Not you. Y'all are the body of Christ. And that's why it's crucial that we courageously connect. And so I'm asking you to step out of your comfort zone and to courageously connect with people in a significant way. And as I said last week, this is a part of thriving that we have not always done well as a church. And so it is a part of the new thing that we need to do. And I want you to know that we're hearing from you. We're listening to you. As many of you have shared your own struggles with getting connected in this large church. And so in 2018, our primary goal as a church and my primary goal as your lead pastor is to see that everyone gets connected to someone. Everyone connected to someone. And if you're already connected, great. Just stay committed to that connection, that relationship, or those relationships. But for those who haven't gotten connected, we're going to start some city groups in 2018. Some will center around stages of life. Some will center around spiritual growth. Some around serving opportunities. Some will center around common interests. Some will center around life issues like marriage or parenting or financial peace. Now, last week, I uh, asked for leaders who would be willing to either lead a group or host a group. And we had 62 people who stepped up to lead or host one of these city groups. And I'm super excited about that. But if you didn't get a chance to sign up and you would like to lead or host one of these groups, you can still do that today at the end of the service if you stop by the Center Pavilion and we'll take your information to find out what kind of group you're interested in leading. My hope, is that in 2018, we get a thousand people courageously connected. But I wanna make sure we understand the goal of getting everyone connected to someone is not about getting people in groups. Did you catch that? The goal is not to get people in groups. Groups is a means, it's not an end. The end is courageous connection. That means getting in an environment where you tell your story, where you get real about your struggles, And where you're there for each other in times of need. That's the body of Christ serving each other. Y'all are the body of Christ. And it's hard for y'all to serve each other in big environments like this. So we got to get you in smaller environments like groups. But the goal is not to get you in groups. The goal is to get you to courageously connect. And let me explain what I mean by that. Now, my spiritual mentor, when I first got serious about following Christ, he's the one that instilled within me the goal of becoming courageously connected with some other believers in my spiritual journey. And so wherever I've been, I've always started men's groups. And just wherever I've been, I always get some men together, and we, we study the scriptures, we pray, and we get involved in each other's lives. So when I came back to San Antonio, I started a men's group. And at first, it was more like a, like a Bible study, We would meet in the IHOP restaurant at the corner of Bandera and 410 at like 630 in the morning, and it was good. You know, we would study the scriptures, and then we would pray for each other, (coughs) but as we got to know each other better, we realized that there were some issues we needed to talk about, and there were some prayers we needed to pray for each other that you couldn't really do at an IHOP, and so we moved to an office where we could be more like private. And there we got more open about what was going on in our lives. Uh, we, we started sharing what God was speaking to us about in our God times. But there was a watershed moment where we courageously connected. And this is what happened. One of the guys in the group came. It wasn't me. One of the guys in the group showed up one morning, and we were supposed to study some chapter of some book in the Bible. And he said, guys, before we do that, I got to just tell you something. He said, I, I need to just confess something to you. I've been struggling with lusting after other women. And God's just been convicting me about it, but I just couldn't get victory over it. And he said, but God showed me something this week. He showed me that the reason I was so susceptible to that temptation is because I did not believe that my wife was God's greatest gift to me. I was believing that other women were probably better than my wife. And he said, when when I believe, when I chose to believe what God said about his gift of my wife, when I believe she was God's best gift to me, it gave me victory over that temptation. We courageously connected as some of the other guys confessed to the same struggle. And that group of men is where I was able to be brutally honest about my own struggles with anger that I've shared with you guys. It takes time, and it usually takes a person who has the guts to just be honest. But if you'll work at it, if you'll be patient, and you'll radically love each other, you'll get there. And courageous connection, it's changed my life. And I'm saying to you, it will change your life. So I'm asking you to radically love, to courageously connect, I'm also asking you to enthusiastically create. By nature, God our creator is a creative being. And he has wired us to enthusiastically create as well. The more we engage with the unique creative aspects of our being in this world, the more like God we become and the more we thrive in life. So let me see if I can explain what I'm talking about. This is from Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. According to scriptures, you are a masterpiece. Ephesians 2 10 says, For we are God's masterpieces, created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Do you believe that? Do you believe you're a masterpiece? W- would you say that together? We are God's masterpieces. You ready? We are God's masterpieces, and when you enthusiastically create, you become like God. You thrive in life, but I think you have to believe what you just said. You see, too many of us heard demeaning words, belittling words that skewed our visions of ourselves. Did someone tell you you were worthless? Did someone tell you you were lazy, good for nothing? Did someone tell you that you were stupid? Did someone tell you that you were tainted goods because of something you did or something that happened to you? A key part of the body of Christ functioning properly is for us to see ourselves as God's masterpieces. And when we see ourselves as God's masterpieces, we then look for The unique works that God has prepared for us to do uniquely on this earth. And as we discover them and do them, we begin to live with a sense of destiny. We begin to live with a sense of purpose in life. And living with purpose in life, it is what causes you to thrive. So I'm asking you to radically love, to courageously connect to enthusiastically create, and then finally to sacrificially give. God is by nature a giving being. He created the earth, and then he entrusted it into our care, and then ultimately God loved us so much that according to the scriptures, he gave us his son, the savior of all people. And so the more sacrificially We give the more like God we become and the more we thrive in life. And so I am asking you to sacrificially give. Specifically, I'm asking you to tithe, which means to give 10%. The principle of giving 10%, you'll see it all throughout the Scriptures. It's always been an important part of a vital relationship with God. And uh, around City Church, we try to make it easy for you to give your tithe here. You can give online at our website, you can give it giving kiosks electronically in the lobbies of both buildings. And you can give it giving boxes if you want to use cash or checks. And when you sacrificially give according to Jesus, there's a blessing that comes with this act of faith. This is what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6. No one can serve two masters. You cannot serve both God and money. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. And that these things that Jesus is talking about there specifically, it's all of the things that we feel anxious about related to our finances. And here's what Jesus is saying. If you take care of God's kingdom with your finances, he'll take care of your kingdom. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And that's the blessing that will come with it. I believe, and I want you to get this, I believe you ought to give away 10% of what you make because it's good for you and it's good for your relationship with God. Whether you give here or not, I believe you should give it away. I think you're wired to give generously. Now, I'm asking you to give here, to consider giving here. I think we do a good job continuing Jesus' movement. But maybe some of you are like me a little bit skeptical, you know, come on, you can be honest with me. I'm one of those kind of guys that I want to see, hey, where's it going? How are you spending it? How are you using it? So we have some uh, profit and loss statements from this year for 2017 available to you. Uh, as you walk out of the auditorium, if you'll go to the left, the pavilion there, we're going to have our executive pastor, our bookkeeper, and one of our elders there that will be there to a- answer any questions you might have and to give you these uh, profit loss statements. Because I do want you to feel confident that we're using the the resources you entrusted uh, into our care in a good way. But if you don't give here, I'm your pastor, I care about you. If you don't give here, then you find a community of faith that is continuing the movement that Jesus started well and you give your 10% there. This issue is that important. Movements that matter can never stop until the change is complete and we're not done because jesus is not done he's not done with me he's not done with you and he's not done with our hurting world week after week i hear stories of people that come here to find help marriages falling apart parents dealing with rebellious teens people struggling with anger issues like mine people struggling with lust issues people struggling with depression issues people struggling to overcome past abuses, people struggling to overcome present abuses, and above all, people hungry to have a vital relationship with the living God. Jesus, the man, matters to me. And the movement he started matters to me because it changed my life. I hate to think about the kind of person, the kind of husband and father I would have been If it was not for Jesus. And so I believe in this stuff. I really do. And I'm asking you to follow with me as we continue this movement. City Church exists so all people can believe and thrive in Christ. And so each week, we gather together as the body of Christ to worship, to study the scriptures so we can grow, so we can thrive. And so that we can scatter and be the body of Christ to a hurting world. And I'm asking you to commit to discover your part in this movement. And so the way I'm asking people to commit is we're, we're going to have these cards now. If y'all want to pass the cards out, that's cool. Uh, on the front, it says a new thing in the four behavioral values that I'm asking you to commit to. And then at the bottom of the card, there's a place for your name. And if you'll write your name on the front of the card, on the back, there's a place for you to write how you want your pastors to pray for you. And this year, I'm personally committing to pray for every person who turns in this card by name, and I will pray whatever request you write on that card. And so if you don't have a pen, we have pens available here in the front on the stage. Uh, You also can, and and when you uh, write the card, when you fill it out, You can leave it here on the stage, you can give it to one of our ushers, or you can uh, turn it in in the giving boxes as you give your offering. And so I want to end the service by praying for those of you who are willing to make that commitment today. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, uh, first I pray for, for those who still aren't sure what they think about you and God and all that. My prayer is that they would experience you in a tangible way. Your love, your truth, your healing. I just pray, Lord, that, that uh, they would believe in you. Those who don't believe, I just, I ask that they would come to the place where they would believe and if they're not sure why they don't believe, Lord, I pray that you would help us as a community of faith to help them believe. And then, Lord, I'm praying for those who are making their commitment today to this movement and our part in it. I pray that you would give them courage to fulfill whatever commitment they're making. I pray that you would fill them with your spirit. I pray that you would stir up within them the spiritual gifts so that they can uh, be the body of Christ, both when we gather and when we scatter, so that people would experience God with us through us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen.